Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal podcast. My name is Brad Gables, and we have a special guest, two guests today, uh, Greg Mall from Roller Wrap and Miss Sharon Leathers from Lakeland, Florida. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi, Bradley. How are you today? Pretty good. A little chilly here in Jamestown. Yeah, a little bit below zero there, isn't it? Oh, yes. Same way in Fargo, I'm sure. Yeah, it was 25 <laughs> below zero last night, and uh, mm-hmm. we took some boiling water and went out and threw it in the air, and it froze before it hit the ground. It's kind of a trick, uh, something fun to do in Fargo in the middle of the winter. Oh, yeah, we've done that here in, here in the front yard, too. So who's so, our guest today, Bradley? Well, her name is Sharon Leather. She's uh, went to school when... Did you go to school when it was still in uh, Crippet Jones School, or were you there when it was Ann Carlson School? It was Ann Carlson School. Okay. So, so Brad, did. you uh, you were there when it was uh, must have been a little earlier than than Sharon, because when you went, it was called the uh, Crippled Children's School, right? No, no, the opposite. It was the Ann Carlson School. Oh, it was the Ann Carlson School yeah. first. No, no. No. Grip of John School when I was there. Oh, when you were there. Yeah, and then because Sharon's not as old as I am. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, you were there when it I'm was the original. Jim, so okay, and then it changed to the yeah. Ann Carlson Center. Because yeah, back in when we graduated um, back in nineteen eighty, they they were in the process of changing it to the Ann Carlson School. And so uh, that's when Sharon came in, right after I graduated. They get the bad guys out first. <laughs> well, is it is it called the Ann Carlson School or the Ann Carlson Center these days? Ann Carlson. It's Center. changed. It's changed again. Yeah, Ann Carlson Center. It's not. I don't know how to say. That. I don't know if it's a registered school anymore or what. I I think it might be, but I'm not sure about that. So. Well, I think last time uh, that we had, <clears throat> I believe it was Ted or one of the other people on that they said that uh, the school has changed a lot because yes. there's been a lot of integration into more mainstream school for people with disabilities. So it's more, uh, had to more specialize like with autism and such. Yes, that's like that. Does that sound right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the topic today, folks, is we're going to delve a little bit more into cerebral palsy. Uh, Our guest, Sharon, has cerebral palsy, as does Brad. As you all know, you know Brad's story already. And uh, basically, what I'm going to do is just take a couple of minutes and just go over 
the three different types because everybody can learn and I certainly do learn a lot. So uh, spastic cerebral palsy is the most common, uh, making up 70 to 80% of cases. Uh, people with spastic CP often experience exaggerated or jerky movements called hypertonia and stiffness in one part of the body and also contractures, which are similar to permanently tightened muscles or joints. Another type is called athetoid, A-T-H, athetoid. About 10% of children with CP are diagnosed with non-spastic CP. This is characterized by a mixture of hypotonia and hypertonia, which causes muscle tone to fluctuate between lack of tone and rigid tone. The main trait of athetoid is involuntary movement in the face, torso, and limbs. And then ataxic is the third type. Now, ataxic CP is the type of CP that Ted has, and we had Ted on some episodes ago, uh, characterizes by uh, problems with balance and coordination, and that's what Ted was talking about, uh, makes up a very small amount of the cases. Um, those with ataxic CP typically have issues surrounding voluntary movement. So that's different than, than the other two types. Now, Sharon, uh, is, it, is it correct? Uh, spastic CP is the type that you, uh, that you were born with? Yeah, my diagnosis is spastic diplegia. I can't really speak to the diplegia part other than I'm thinking because it's both. It's affecting both the arms and the legs to some degree. Oh, okay. Now I know Brad has some pretty significant tone or rigidity yeah. in his legs where they don't bend very well. And he has his feet strapped to the wheel, you know, the uh, footrest of the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. How, how is your body affected specifically like in the arms and legs? Well, it used to be, when I was younger, it was it was quite a bit different. I, much more flexible. Things were much more fluid. But it, but as as I have unfortunately aged just a bit, <laughs> things have <laughs> things have gotten uh, things have gotten a little bit more tight and difficult to move. Things that I didn't used to have to deal with as much. It used to just be in my legs some stiffness, particularly when dealing with maybe something like cold weather, like North Dakota, for example, that would oh, be sure. more difficult than um, say if it was in a warmer temperature. And then, but now for me, I've noticed just more stiffness in the shoulders and things like that. So I think that's partly related to the cerebral palsy, partly related to just using my shoulders a lot over the years to try and overcompensate for lack of leg strength. So oh, kind sure. of pros and cons associated with that thing. Yeah. Are, are your arms affected or hands in any way or? Mm, I mean, if you, if you're really familiar with cerebral palsy, you would probably be able to notice, but uh -huh. to the, uh, to the untrained, I will say maybe not so much. Um, okay. As far as the hands are concerned, but um, like I said before, I've lost some functioning in my range of motion is what I'll say. Range of motion in my arms and, and some weakness 
But I think that just goes along with, um, like I said, having to overcompensate for having those conditions in sports, which I know we'll get into possibly a little bit later, but so having it since birth and, you know, just dealing with it over time. Well, did you, uh, when you were younger, as a young girl, Mm -hmm. did you start out uh, walking or did you start out in a manual wheelchair to get around or? Both to a degree. Um, For me, I, I was never able to walk independently, but I started with those horrific long leg uh, braces that, oh, yes. that they that they would start you on them because they wouldn't want you to build up obviously your strength and you know but they were not easy and not comfortable and they weren't meant to be <laughs> so, heavy, too, um, yeah. heavy very heavy mm. um but so i could walk some with the walker but it was mainly just for physical therapy kind of things Mm -hmm. and then I had a manual chair that I used all the time that was my that was my only way to get from point A to point B was to have a manual chair I did not move into a motorized chair probably trying to think now maybe maybe when I hit I'm trying to think actually I well I went back and forth I don't mean to jump around on you fellas but I went back perfectly all right I went back and forth between Ann Carlson School and um, and Florida Public Schools. So I can speak a little bit to the mainstreaming too. So when when I went to public school, I got a motorized chair then for the first time, so that I could get across campuses a lot easier uh, than in the manual chair. So um, I had, but I so and now I use a motorized chair all the time. And the manual is just for traveling distances. I know the um, motorized chair cannot be accommodated. Oh, sure. Well, you must have been, uh, your first manual chair, you must have been quite quite small then. Yes, I was very small. I was probably about, well, actually my very first wheelchair, this is kind of neat, my very first wheelchair, they didn't, nowadays they have, which is great, they have for the youngest of the youngest that can, needs a wheelchair you know i've seen them very small being little little wheelchairs or stroller type things but um you know unfortunately but grateful that they have what they need but for me all they had when i was really small like say around four all they had was what they called a travel chair there was no way for you to actually push it was kind of like an adult version not adult but like older version not infant, but older version for oh. uh, like getting around. So you couldn't push it yourself. It was not oh. self-propelled. And then I moved into my first uh, manual chair. And that was great, except I was a little bit too small for it. But that did not stop me. I thought it was the greatest thing because I could oh, push I myself. Yeah. So it sounded like you were pretty independent when you were a little shaver in, the, in yes. your first chair. <laughs> yes. Very independent. I got to know Sharon through uh, Ted, so and because Ted was working at the school then, right, Sharon? Yes, he was. And then I first met you when you came with the dogs. With with bull and, and did a demonstration. Yep, mm-hmm. okay. in the gym. Mm-hmm. It was a long time ago. I know, but it was very impactful. Yeah, well. Uh, 
I, I tried. And, uh, <laughs> you did. You succeeded. Um, I so we've known each other for quite a while. Matter of fact, she um, she had a house. Her her and her mom and had a house where they fixed it up with automatic door openers. That was kind of cool. The garage door. Uh, that was very exciting for me because that was my actual first house ever. Oh so, my god, that would have been convenient. <laughs> yeah, that was cool, man. I got to go into her house, and I go, "This is cool." And so, I, so Polly took pictures of the bathroom so we can make the bathroom that we got here. Is that right? The same, yeah. So, yeah. And so I cheated. I took it all from you. You didn't see. <laughs> That's what we gotta do. That's what we yeah. have to do because those little hidden secrets, you know, if you don't share them, that's how we get the word out. You know, people need to know like what you fellows are doing, I think is wonderful because that's what we need to be able to do. Get, get information out there, not only for other people that need to know, but for those who are struggling, you know, that perhaps or, you know, in any kind of way that this is how you continue to live life. No big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, for mentioning that because that's, of course, that's what Brad's, I mean, Brad is, uh, he's really a go-getter and he's one that always has the mindset that it's no big deal. You know, he said, everybody has something, even though, even you might not be able to see it. Exactly. Everybody has something and just sharing, talking about it and just having that, that uh, mindset that Everybody can live the life to their to their to their fullest. And, Absolutely. Uh, so, Brad, that is a good design because I've been in your bathroom many times, and that's a good, a good design. So, I have a question for you, Sherry. Um, yes, sir. Do you know how your CPU was contracted? It was contracted during birth, or I don't know that for certain. Um, I don't think that the doctor really knew either at the time because I really, compared to nowadays, I wasn't really that. I was born prematurely, so they do feel that that was really the cause. However, yeah, yeah the premature birth because I was three months premature, but but wow. nowadays, you know, babies are born much more prematurely than I am you know that i was rather and um because i was only three months premature uh -huh. and as we know and i weighed three and a half pounds which sounds very small which it was wow. but for preemies nowadays you know they're a pound and two pounds you know and they come oh out gosh. thankfully okay you know so it really it really depends like my mom often has wondered you know did i get enough oxygen maybe when i was in the incubator because that's what they, you know, I was in an incubator for quite a period of time. Me too. Um, yeah. So yeah. no one really, no one really knows, but it's the lack of oxygen, which is typically the cause from somewhere that caused yeah. the cerebral, the cerebral yeah. palsy. Yeah. I've seen that either during birth right. or yes. shortly thereafter birth. Right. Right. So yeah, the incubator situation does seem to make make some sense as a possible cause. Now, Brad, he knows because your uh, umbilical cord was around your neck, right, Brad? Or Yeah, and I had a collapsed lung. So they, they, I was born and then they gave me the, my last rites because they didn't expect me to live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so I, 
I fooled a lot of people. Matter of fact, the doctor didn't sign my birth certificate because he didn't. Oh my goodness! Wow. Well, so Sharon's uh, six months. Boy, you must you must have three months. Yeah, three months premature. Three months premature. You must have spent quite a bit of time in the uh, NIC unit. Yeah, I did. Um, I think I can't remember how long my mom actually said before she was able to bring me home right now and she's told me multiple times but but i i also do know that for me um they gave me a very poor prognosis they said first if it, she makes it the first 24 hours that's going to be a miracle it's so we surpassed that <laughs> and then <laughs> and then um it was going to be well if she lives you're not going to be able to talk not going to be able to walk oh well, sure not going to be able to think for my you know not going to really have a lot of brain function basically is what they said so they also said given all those wonderful odds that um that i should be put away in an institution said that's what they said to my mother wow wow Mm -hmm. boy that must have been a really challenging time uh Mm -hmm. right you know for your mother, and I'm sure uh, she must have had some great faith. Yes, and they they had not met my grandmother yet. She's deceased now after 99 years. Oh, but wow. um, <laughs> um, was an amazing woman, and she would not take no for an answer. They said, we can save one of them, and she said, you will be saving both. And oh, they my. did. <laughs> And so she's been formidable ever since until she passed. Okay. Is <laughs> your mother is your mother still with with she, Very much. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I met her mom too. <laughs> yes, cool you did. Lady. She's a cool lady. Yes. So with those two dynamic women, I could not get anything past them. And just similar to my friend Brad. And Ted, too, they, you know, no grass was allowed to grow under my feet. No excuses. Yeah. Nope. Polly yeah. was still, Polly said, you can do anything you set your mind to. So Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's where your mom, mom is, too. If you want to do it, my, it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. If you can't, if you need a little help, fine, we'll figure out a way. But otherwise, get it done. Yeah. Yep. Well, your mom must have, <laughs> once you were allowed to come home, she must have, you know, really worked with you and seen and saw the, you know, progress? I guess, yeah, the progress and the accomplishments as you started to grow older. And, and uh, yeah. obviously, as you started to talk as a normal, you know, probably, I don't know, two year old or something that shot the theory that you weren't going to be able to talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, so, there's that shattered the whole uh, theory about these doctors that uh, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. And I I suppose she was just amazed at every step of the way. Yeah, I imagine so. And then at the same time, maybe not just knowing that, you know, that she could tell she, she could tell early on. um, They didn't know when I was first born that exactly that I had cerebral palsy. That part was not, no, sure. she didn't know until I was not re- reaching some developmental milestones and having a lot of brothers and sisters, she knew what should be happening. 
So when they took me to get evaluated at one of the children's hospitals, that's when I got diagnosed. So just being able to, just being able to, just being able to live and then being able to see, as you said, right away, the other developmental, so developmental milestones being met, like talking and, you know, um, having, you know, sense of humor. and, And she said, I just, basically came out talking right away and I've just basically never stopped. So. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. No, that's a great story. Yeah. I suppose back then they really did not have the ability to, to diagnose, you know, certain birth defects that, you know, had X or Y symptoms rather than right. just to say, you know, there's a disability here. Right. Exactly. And of course, doctors, uh, at least from my point of view, always have the uh, the negative more than the positive as far as what they're going to tell you because they basically told me too. They said he's probably not going to walk again after my spinal cord injury. Right. And uh, maybe the normal person wouldn't have, but I mean, after several months, I mean, I had the braces on. I started with the AFOs, and I was mm-hmm. within a walker, and then I graduated to to, uh, to arm crutches and, you know, out in the woods and hunting. And, and so the doctors said, well, you know, after six weeks, you're probably going to have what you have. And it's really, it can be a longer period of time than that because I continued, you know, to see gains much longer than six weeks than, uh, than the doctors said. So you really can't, put a lot of faith in what they say, because I've heard so many stories about, you know, they'll never walk again, or they'll never do this or that. And uh, just by the, the human will and the power of the human mind, the independence motivated motivation of the individual can defy a lot of times what medical, what the medical community has to say. And they have no, they have no, uh, oftentimes no answer for it. So. Absolutely. We call those things miracles. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? I was, uh, according to my uh, father, they gave, they gave, you know, me 24 hours to live. And here I am 61 years. That's right. Later, so you know, I've, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of people in my lifetime, important people. So, mm. yeah, you've been able to make an impact. So, yes, I try very much. Well, yeah, you, you really have. have, Brad. You really have. So, well, I got some more things that I want to do before. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, you've got a big bucket list, so... Uh, oh, yeah, and, and Greg's going to help me with that bucket list, I think. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> along here for the ride, and I just have to <laughs> believe in his ideas, you know, that um, he's done it before, so I can't really doubt him. Right. She, she doesn't know about our, my nonprofit organization that I got started. And well, I you can chat with her about so that, but... She hasn't heard so, nothing about it. Love you. So Sharon, are you uh, are you employed? I am. I have been. When have I not been? Yeah, really. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying you. to think. Yeah, so I've been working basically my entire adult adult life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you do? 
I am a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida. Maybe I should come so, and visit you. Yeah, yeah. Brad, Brad, Brad needs the help. Free of please. charge. Free of charge. <laughs> huh? Free of charge. <laughs> of charge. But, you got to yeah, go so, get there first, so Brad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I plan to one of these days. Well, I hope so. I mm. hope you do it. Just let me know. But um, no, I I've been I've been licensed in the state of Florida for twenty years now. Wow. So that tells that kind of ages me a bit. But I also, when I was up in North Dakota, um, living, I was licensed up there as well. And so I worked for a local agency there, and um, doing the same type of thing. So now I have the privilege, and it truly is a privilege, to work with women and ch children more, not so much directly with the children, because um, I work mainly with the adults. It's a residential center for women who want to make a change, whether it's through addictions that they've been dealing with or just something that led to homelessness. Oh, so, sure. so our ministry... Um, if I can just say real quick, Lighthouse oh, Ministries, sure. yay! Very interesting. Lighthouse Ministries um, is where I've been working for the past four years. That's what we serve. We 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 teach we teach and preach the the importance of Jesus Christ, saying that you can overcome an addiction, but needing to have that relationship is really important. And I can just say, tying it back to me. That's what's really got me through in my adult years is my faith. You said that that's what it took a lot, and that's true. But strengthening that faith for me personally has been my Christian walk. And now being able to share that with other people who are struggling um, with the wonderful women that I get to work with, um, they are truly, truly a treasure. So, and then those that have children, just being able to work with, you know, just to see them grow as well, is a huge, I mean, they benefit me far more than I benefit them. I can assure you of that. <laughs> well, it certainly sounds like a very rewarding uh, vocation, and to see the uh, progress and the, the way that you touch these different lives. With this residential center now, is that a place that you work, or is it is it mm -hmm. part of what you, a part of your ministry, or... But, well, both, because Lighthouse Ministries, it does have residential program. It has a residential program for men and a residential program for women. So I work in the Women's Center. So there's a place for the children, if they're daycare aged, to go to school. I mean, to go to daycare while their moms are working within the ministry. I mean, are in the program and benefiting from the program. And we do various things for them and with them. Everything that we do is Christ-centered through our classes and everything that we offer. But um, also, it's about ultimately they can work on education and employment. Some of them don't have their GED, didn't have an opportunity to finish school. So ultimately, they're able to do that. So that all, what we want to achieve for them is that close relationship with Christ, give them a support group through churches or surrounding community, maybe some reconciliation with family, if that applies, certainly recovery, if that applies, not everybody there has any 
Not everyone there has addiction issues. Currently overcome homelessness by making sure that they've been able to save up money and savings and then ultimately move into independent housing, stability, employment. So it really is a great opportunity. to. So it's a long-term residential program, obviously, in order to accomplish that. So. Well, is that is that a nonprofit organization? It is. It is a nonprofit. Yes. Okay. And everything that we, everything that we have, wonderful donors, um, wonderful churches that support us. We are Fantastic. not federally, we are not federally funded, because when we want to be able to teach Jesus and talk about that and how yeah. vitally important that is. We don't want the state telling us what we can and can't say um, or do. Oh, so, sure. Or who we can help or who we can't help. So that's a slippery that, slope there. It is indeed. So that's that's kind of so we're we are dependent upon private donors, you know, just anybody that would like to donate. Um, and that can be not necessarily monetary. It can be food. It can be it can be just about anything, you know, just people clean out their closets and they, you know, bring clothes because we also have thrift stores. Oh. So that's another way that we assist and and also the way that the people are our, our uh, clients rather learn employment skills through our thrift stores. So or kind of get back in the swing, you know, after you've been unemployed for a bit, it can yeah. be kind of challenging to get back into it. So I know you didn't really want me to plug Lighthouse this whole time, so I'll move away from that. But did, did you did you and, and Brian start that? Oh no, 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 no. I'm no? just just an employee. Okay, um just right, a, right. just a happy employee willing to just tell it when I can. <laughs> no. That's good. I was curious. Yeah, I'm it's fine, curious. yeah. Because there was something I don't know when uh when you were here uh when you first you and Brian met each other, Brian was gonna correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was gonna be a minister, correct? Or, he was working, yeah, he was working towards that um, yeah. when we met, and he, he was about a year and a half out of getting his master's in divinity, but unfortunately, the cost, it's very cost, costly, as yep. y'all as know, to get your education, and uh, yep. so that, that really didn't, that really didn't, unfortunately, that, didn't, that has not seen its fruition just yet. But right now, as of two months ago, he started working at the ministry with me. He does not work, obviously, with the women and children, but he um, is currently working, driving a truck and um, making deliveries for various things, picking up our donations and also um, working in our thrift store in Lakeland. So he's, he's working the ministry that way, which is what he's always wanted to do anyway. Oh, that's sure. Cool. That's that cool. dovetails real nicely. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, so. indeed. <laughs> I got I to say that um, I have a question that I'm just. Uh, do you have? Do you have your? Do you have to hire your own attendant, or does both? Actually, what I want to say about that is, is that um, the service is compared to the north and the south. Having lived in both, the north. And North Dakota and everything that it has to offer. And I'll say this to anybody that will listen in the North, um, compared to the South, and 
And I, like I said earlier, I was born here. I'm proud to be a Floridian, but I am not proud of the lack of services that they have for people with, who are living with disabilities and the elderly. It's just, it's just ridiculous, the lack of services. So that being said, um, answers your question in the sense that I vowed that if I ever did get married, that my spouse would not be my caregiver because I thought those two things should be separate as much as possible. But it didn't work out that way once we moved down here to Florida. When I lived up in North Dakota, I had my own support system. Yes, you did. So, so there was a far less less impact that, that my husband had to take on that role. And now down here, he's pretty much doing it 95% of, 95% of the time while we're both working full time. <laughs> That's a full plate. Yeah. It is a full plate. That's a full plate for sure. So the services aren't exactly that desirable, in other words, down there. They are not. So that's what we think about North Dakota. We're one of the lucky ones up here to have that kind of program. So yes, I think it might have something to do with the culture. I think it does too, gentlemen. I really, I really do because yes, I know it is because having okay. So what the audience probably doesn't know is that. What we've, we've been talking all around it is I went up there for school to the Ann Carlson School and got my education, got my high school diploma up there. And then I went, went on to college and then I went on to graduate school. So mm-hmm. that was great. Ann Carlson, I, and I credit, I credit the school completely to everything preparing me for college, preparing me for life everything um the the independence factor wanting to do more you know all of that i do have a higher high achiever gene within me but but i just do accredit that to the surroundings but i chose when i graduated from after getting my master's in orlando worked there for a time and the reason why i would go back and forth is because I either didn't have proper housing, accessible housing, or I didn't have assistance, or I, so it was never the job problem. That was never the problem. It was being able to find accessible housing and attendants to be able to help me so that I could, I could go to work independently. Yeah. So after being very frustrated with that whole process, I can't tell you now the year that it was. My dear friends in Jamestown might can remember, but but um, I I can say that after 14 years of being there, so there you go. There's a little bit of a date. After 14 years, after 14 years <laughs> of being there, I called up um, I called up one of our friends. Um, Brad will recognize the same. Her name was Teresa. At the time was Kurtz, and I called her up. I called her up and I said, Teresa, how crazy do you think it would be? You know, I introduced myself, and she's like, Of course, I remember you. So I hadn't spoken to anybody in 14 years, and I said, How crazy do you think I would be if I said I wanted to come back up to Jameson and live? Because they pretty much said, I had a physical therapist tell me again down here in Florida, you might as well just go on and stay on. Uh, go into disability because you're not going to be able to get any kind of employment, full-time employment. And I said, no, 
I literally kicked the physical therapist out of my house that day. Good for you. Yeah. And so it was, it was, I was recovering from a surgery, which is why he was there. That was not related to CP, but I was recovering from a surgery. Yeah. And I said, uh, uh-uh, you're not going to dictate to me what I'm going to do and not do. And so I said, I have to do something. If this is the mentality that Florida has yeah. right now, I don't want to be a part of it. The only place I could think of that would understand sure. and give me the community that I was prayerfully looking for was <laughs> Jamestown, North Dakota. Sure, it was so, home. Yeah, it was home. So I called her up and she said, come on. She didn't <laughs> laugh. I thought she would laugh herself silly. Yeah. Like who from Florida wants to go back up to North Dakota? Yeah, but no I, doubt. <laughs> That's a one-way ticket usually. So that's when yeah. I so that's when I went back and that's when I stayed, you know, I stayed there for a good many years I'm working there and I worked for the state at that time and it was a wonderful experience. I met some wonderful people got reacquainted with other people <laughs> it's it's nothing but fond memories for me really we sure miss you up here though <laughs> i miss it too i really yeah. do yeah. so that getting back to the community um it just doesn't exist down here i wish i could tell you there's there's some people who care don't get me wrong i i have had some wonderful people that i've been blessed with but who've come alongside and helped and I, I work with a tremendous amount of uh, wonderful co-workers, but on a personal level, sure. and as far as getting those needs, but absolutely few and far between. On a professional level, the empathy just isn't on par with what you see up north. That is so true. And they don't, the work ethic, as far as needs, you know, getting your needs met, the work ethic in North Dakota, let me just give one example, a little shout out to my friend, Deb. She drove from Kinsel every morning uh, to Jamestown to get me up at six o'clock in the morning so that I could get to work by eight, Monday through Friday. And she had another job that she went to. So, and that happens to be just to show you how close knit that is up there in Jamestown. And that happens to be Teresa, who I referred to earlier. That's her sister-in-law. So, yeah, (laughs) shout out to Deb. Mm-hmm. Good old and her yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. You, then you also had an attendant by the name of um, her niece took care of you too, right? Niece. Yes, Chelsea. Chelsea. Shout out to Chelsea. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Wow. So she's working at the Aunt Carlson Center. I know. So shout out to my dream team. That's what they were called. They were my dream team. Boy, I Mm -hmm. guess that was Mm -hmm. uh, quite a blessing. Yes. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. So So that would be. Go ahead, Greg. No, no, you go ahead, Sharon. I was just going to say, I was just going to say to anybody listening that is struggling with, you know, attendance and the frustrations that go, it's not perfect. But it's important to find that support system as best you can, if, if you can, and realize that there are people out there that have huge hearts. It may take a while to get that right person, mm-hmm. but, you know, they do exist. And don't give up. Keep don't searching. give up. Yes. Yeah. And, and don't 
limit yourself, like say, well, I have to put up with something or put up with someone's attitude, be it negative. Don't don't put up with that just, just because, you know, that's just a piece of advice there. No, you can't fire people. I mean, exactly. Uh, I fired my first uh, doctor when I got back from uh, Minneapolis and I was in Fargo, thankful to be, I was so thankful to be back in Fargo because the people and the nurses, it was such a change. I was so glad to be back home uh, in the hospital, but the doctor, you know, he came in and he said, well, what makes you think you're going to walk again? And this and that. And, and uh, I got so depressed and uh, mm-hmm. my wife said, well, you know, what's wrong? And I told her, here's what the doctor said. And the doctor came the next morning and he said, so how you doing? And I said, I think you're fired. I said, I said, I said, I said, I'm going to have a doctor like you for the rest of my life. And I can't have the negativity. I said, I have to have positivity. I said, I need a new doctor. And uh, so he walked out of the room and he went to the nurse's station. And my wife was a friend of the, of the charge nurse. And she said, well, how was your vacation doctor? And he said, I think I just got fired. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. So I fired him and I got a, a very good doctor who uh, was born uh, without a leg. So he was empathetic. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if you're going to be around negative energy, it's only going to make you depressed. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a circle of positivity and positive reinforcement. So if you don't have that effect, change you know yes. however yes. you can yes right, Brad? absolutely because why bring yourself down because of somebody else absolutely we're don't the, sacrifice yourself yeah we're in a situation that we couldn't we can't uh, change so why make it worse that's right. So here That's you're right. in North Dakota. You're working for the state. Uh, what mm-hmm. apps then, what the cold chased you out? How was the transition made down to Florida yeah, once again? I, I, well, that was part of it. But the other part of it was really um, my grandmother, who, like, y'all have already heard that. So she was very, um, she's been, was the matriarch of our family. So we really thought when she came up for we actually, I was supposed to, let me just back up. I was supposed to have a Florida wedding and, you know, like June or I can't, I think it was supposed to be June because we thought she was not doing well. She happened to be visiting um, in February. Um, so we said, well, why don't we go ahead and do this now? And our minister at the time, our pastor, if anybody remembers him, he was wonderful just great attitude just go go for it just go for it um, really yeah so we planned a wedding really quickly not knowing how long we were gonna have my grandmother and wanted her to definitely be a part so um it ended up being a winter wonderland instead of a beach breeze or whatever i was going for yeah and, uh, <laughs> and so anyway it was great so after after that, thinking again, concerned about her health, we thought that maybe it would be best if we, if we uh, moved back home to be nearer to her. And she ended up living, oh my, probably a good nine more years. So that, there you go. Uh, 
so she was down in florida then yes my whole um my whole family you know um some of them are originally from Georgia and some were born here in Florida when they were uh-huh. really young, but, but uh, mostly, mostly Georgia they hail from and then came to Florida later. But, um, and then uh, my cousins and so forth were, were originally from Florida, of course. Okay. But um, anyway, um, so yeah, she, she was a, from Georgia as well and, and living here. And so we just wanted to come back and, be with her and be with the rest of the family and, and thought that that would be best at that time. But I got to tell you, that was a bittersweet day for me very much. Um, yeah, because, yes, yes. What is your, what, what do you like to do for interest? What do you do after you're done with work and just want to, what do you do? Do you read? Do you... Yeah, I should be reading more because I'm, I'm working on doing some biblical counseling and um, try, working towards um, not maybe not a full-fledged certification but towards that that end and so um, so rather than sticking with the I mean I still have my state license as I mentioned earlier and I still have that because I need that right now not so much for lighthouse per se but um, should I need to go somewhere else that that's how I'm, you know, I'm still able to provide, you know, for employment at the moment, but I, I felt more of a need to go more in the biblical direction, just simply because again, I've seen what God has done for me. And I know what God has done for our ladies and our men and the children. And I just want to be able to get more well-versed in that as opposed to state techniques and things that what's the greatest and the neatest stuff out there and i'm not saying anything negative but for anybody that chooses that for themselves i just know that that's what's important to me so i say all that to say i should be reading more preparing for this yeah um, so that's one thing and then which i do enjoy doing and um and then just spending time with family of course and then um of course, now that I am down here at the beaches, I do enjoy that. And being near the ocean is very helpful. It's quite therapeutic, um, just even seeing it from, you know, a distance. So, Did you sure get through the sand of the beaches? Definitely not. They yeah, have. So. Definitely not. <laughs> it gets bogged down in a minute. But they have, you know, like I'm sure y'all have seen, they maybe... They've had, they have specially equipped uh, beach chairs that you can rent to be able to get, to get that experience, which I think everybody should be able to have at least once and get down to the water too, you know, so that that's a helpful thing. So they do have some of those things. So I don't mean to say that it's not accessible. They've made great strides in making Florida more accessible, I'll say, but they just, they lack a lot of in the individual areas. definitely oh i'm Mm. sure they do it's just lack of uh ambition to learn but the new technology is i mean they have bat uh they have uh beach uh wheelchair mats that go down on the sand and allow wheelchairs to get all the way down to the water you know so that's awesome public beaches you know have access to that but probably just don't have a lot of uh you know ambition to to provide that right. lack of knowledge or something, but yeah, probably be a heck of a lot of people in wheelchairs if they could, 
you know, get right down close to the water, you know, instead of Absolutely. having to sit, you know, 50 yards back, that's great. But being mm -hmm. 10 yards away is a lot nicer than being 50 yards away. Yeah. Absolutely. But Absolutely. It's very, uh, I think, too, a lot of it is um, we have the, uh, a lot of the disabled have to educate the politicians. Yes. Because the politicians, they don't know anything about our lives in wheelchairs. They just see us as a, um, in a lot of cases, a liability. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not going to go out of their way, certainly. That's true. That's true. To learn something. So they right. have to be beat on the head with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, seriously, Absolutely. you have to have somebody that says, hey, you know, what about this? Would you guys think about doing this for us so that we can be more like them? Absolutely. So it definitely Absolutely. takes advocacy. Well, and sometimes well, we, that's not well, an easy look thing at to the do. Cost. You look at the cost. Yep, yep. What's the cost? That's all they care about. And the almighty dollar, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. Good Unless good. it's beneficial to them, of course. Well, no. sure, <laughs> then. <laughs> There's yeah, no limit to what they can print them. Like that. Yeah. So, but um, I think a lot of a lot of our problems, as far as the educating of the uh, of the public, is not it's not the fact that the everyday people. I think it, a lot of has to do with the politicians. Yeah. Because they're they're in their own little cocoon. They got it made in the shade. Mm -hmm. They don't have to get out there. Everything is, they, they don't drive around anymore. They have people driving them around. And you have to go to here to here to here and, and go to so many events a day. They don't right. get to see people. Right. They actually get to sit down and see people. And exactly. Me, that's a shame in a sense. But yet they want to vote. <laughs> so. I don't know. I'm getting off my soapbox now. That's quite all right. You let me stay on mine for a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been a lot of really good information. You've been a really intriguing guest. You provided a lot of insight, I think, to others. And uh, you have a very interesting story. Brad, did you have any questions that we didn't think about that maybe uh, would add I something? Have, or I have, I have, I have one. Um, I think she's very successful in what she's doing, and I I commend her very highly for that. But people like Joe Cocker, the musician, you know who he is. Mm -hmm, of course, he had CP, you know. So so does Josh Blue, the comedian. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. you're, you're right up there in your category, I think. Oh, I don't know about all that. Yes, yeah, you are because. Um, you're helping a lot of people. Um, I mean, and I commend you for that. You know, you're blessed. Well, you know, the, it's it's all in how we see it because exactly what you guys are doing, getting the word out there, sharing with the public, taking the time to put these podcasts together, that's advocacy, that's reaching people, that's making a huge mark, you know, whether you see it every day or not, who knows, but know that it's there and know how necessary it really is. Um, and what an encouragement that, that would be and your 
the fact that you've got this other big plan that I don't know about, Brad, I just heard little bits and pieces about it. But the fact that you've got something cooking still, I, that's one of the things that I admire about you because you have not stopped. And then Greg's got his business as well. So, I mean, we all have we all have our little niches and I think it's really important to just share that with people is just find what you're passionate about and just and figure out a way yeah I, I know that Greg and I work with the same company I work a little bit with the company that Greg works with and mm -hmm. I, I was their test dummy <laughs> it was one of those things <laughs> your favorite that's good. Yeah, and, and and I'm the one that they came to. Well, actually, let me back up. The owner, the owner of the company, along with the inventor of the product, was sitting at a um, booth that I came to, and they were starting to show me. And I said, you know, this would be a great possibility for the disabled. And they Absolutely. weren't even thinking about it. So now it's in the handicap market um, and they're doing great. And I'm glad I helped a lot of people doing with that. So That's exactly my point. Just you being there, you were there, but you took it a step further. You could have yeah. just said, you guys are, you know, see ya. But eventually you know. they would have they been there, I think. Well, that's yeah. the predominant market. It's the predominant market right now. So yeah. yeah. But eventually, you guys would have thought about it, wouldn't you? Don't you think, Greg? Well, I have no idea. I wasn't with the company when you uh, mm -hmm. approached That's those true. folks. I was, I I was with it a couple of years later. So I was I was uh, in it after they had approached that handicap accessible market. So I know they made a plastic one. They made a plastic one. And Brad I broke it. I broke it. <laughs> my legs after four feet. Yeah, <laughs> the owner wanted you to pay for it. Remember that? Twenty-five thousand dollars. That's what it cost him. How much? Well, so now it's the product it is today. So, yep. anyway, I want to thank you, Sharon, for uh, coming on. Thank you both. It's been a, a, a joyful guest, and yeah, the podcast it has reached. Uh, Brad gets calls now from other countries in the middle of the night that don't know what time it is in Bradtown. <laughs> so, I mean, from uh, Ireland to Australia to England, to, uh, uh, he's gotten uh, invitations for speaking engagements in Australia and wow. in England and in Ireland. And so I think when he gets his poop in a group, I think he'll have a lot of opportunities to go out and do speaking. So, I hope so. Man. I Way hope to go, my friend. Well, that's how I met him. So it's only fitting that he would keep that going. Yeah, so. indeed. It forges connections. That's right. I want to tell you a little bit about it before you leave. Um, we have this nonprofit organization called the Paulie New Miller Memorial Organization. Oh, that's wonderful. It was started, it was started because of my. I wanted to keep her name alive, and I figured out this is one way to do it. And since she helped a lot of handicapped people in the 30 years that we've known each other, um, she worked at the Ann Carlson Center, yeah, different things, and was my attendant. And uh, she would take the shirt off anybody. She would take the shirt off her back to help anybody. So in return, that's what I want to do. Well, anyway, 
we have a we're taking a roller ramp that you see in the background there. We're going to donate one in all 50 states plus possibly Puerto Rico. Wow. We the money for. And mm-hmm. so uh, if, if you know anybody that could use a ramp, it's portable. You can, uh, you want to use it right now. Don't, don't. You can roll it up, take it where you want to go. Yeah, you can roll it up. It's made out of aircraft aluminum. And uh, we can put it in the trunk of a car or you can make it stationary for... If you want to put it in front of your house, got rails mm-hmm. for it. So, and it holds a thousand pounds. Yeah, Brad's got mm-hmm. his 501 C3 that he was awarded. So, he's got that. That's you know, wonderful. No federally, and I'll be willing to come to any of the all 50 states. So, wow, that's and wonderful. I a, and I have a website. I will have the application where you can actually type it and email it back so we can uh, make a make a choice uh, mm-hmm. so if you can think of anybody that could use a ramp i would you know appreciate you have my information so you just have to well and that goes for anybody out there listening if they know right, of anybody right, who needs exactly. a ramp to go ahead and go to the website panmoorg.org and uh mm-hmm. take a look at it or reach out to brad and and uh, talk to him about it but i think that wraps up our time for today brad if you want to go ahead and uh, thank you once again sharon and uh best of wishes to you it sounds like you're doing very well down in the sunny state of florida so (laughs) keep up the good (laughs) work down there and blessings to you and your family you as well uh, you say hi to brian and your mother will you i will do thank you so much brad you want to sign it off yeah, thank you for listening to another edition to Living with a Disability No Big Deal podcast. And we'll talk to you again next time. Thank you. Thanks, All right. Bye bye, folks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability No Big Deal, sponsored by Rollaramp. This podcast features Brad Gabrielson who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. Rollaramp is a global company based in North Dakota dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.